everyone. Welcome to the first Common Kaisers of 2024. I am your host, Chris Eaton, and joining me as always is... Adiani Nahosa. Happy New Year, guys. And a happy new year to you, Ariane. How is your January going thus far? It's cold. It's so cold. It's so cold. It it's is actually cold. <laughs> 60 degrees in Southern California is the coldest. Oh, hold on. Well, you're 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 down in San Diego where it is, you know, you guys hover that nice wonderful weather all year round. I'm in Orange County, which is, you know, about an hour north of you. And we hit we're it's 41 degrees outside right now, which to the point my um let me check the water line in my freezer froze or my fridge. What? Yeah. <laughs> it got so cold in this house last night. Um the water line in my fridge froze up. So I gotta thaw it out tomorrow morning. Which I can hear everybody from the East Coast going, Oh, oh my God, God, you guys it's it's you know it sounds like a you know scene out of the thing down there that's how cold it is guys for us in Cal Southern California this is cold it is We're freezing our butts degrees. off 48 degrees here in San Diego that is I don't, how do you live how do you go outside you don't <laughs> I don't, I don't I just whatever I got 45 right now oof oof I know might as well be out there making snowmen might as well, gotta shovel shovel your your driveway. So for the coldest month of the year, we're talking about a movie that is actually very, very warm, very dusty. This is a dusty movie. Very sweaty. Very oh, grimy. very sweaty. Exceptionally sweaty. Um, what are we doing today? All right, tell the people what we're watching. We are watching the 80s, uh, seldom talked about, but much beloved, Razorback. Yes, we're doing our first true, you know, creature on the, you know, uh, what, what would you call this? A nature gone wild or nature run amok movie? I like to call it natural uh, horror. <laughs> that sounds weird. Yeah, I don't think that rolled off like it, like you intended to. No, this is uh, you know the uh, your your um, your jaw your jaws clones, if you will. But jaws essentially, you know, you know, it's not a monster monster it's you know it's a real life animal on the loose tormenting things um so yes so we were talking about 1984 russell mccauley's razorback which who is, who is russell mccauley directed one of the greatest goddamn movies of all time in the highlander and then ironically turned around and directed one of the worst movies of all time in the highlander too but he's also directed. Um, he's also directed. He's directed quite a bit of stuff. Uh, most notably, he did. Uh, I'm just making sure I had everything lined up here. He also did um, the Shadow, fantastic uh, movie. The Alec Baldwin Shadow. Yes. No shit. I love that movie. And he also made. Uh, I didn't realize he did one of the Resident Evil movies. He did Resident Evil Extinction, which uh, shocked the hell out of me. He also did Scorpion King 2. No, really? Yeah. Wait, no. And then I'm shocked that I'm like, I haven't seen anything this guy's done. And like, I, you know, I knew of him for a while, but I didn't realize he was still working. And turns out the man's been working on Teen Wolf, the MTV one for the last like... 
10 years. Yeah, so good for him. I'm glad he's still working. Because I love Highlander. And I'm not going to lie. I love this goddamn movie. I love a good, you know, nature gone amuck movie. I love a good Jaws ripoff. Uh, your alligators, your orcas, your grizzlies, you know, that kind of thing. Of course, leave it to the Aussies to come up with a giant razorback monster to uh, to terrorize people on the land. Because unlike the sea and the sharks, the pigs, they are they own the land and they can get you. <clears throat> so uh, you want to get delving into this movie? I know we don't we're going to kind of make this a quick episode. It's going to be a little shorter because Ariana is on a hard out. So we're going to do our best to to get through this real quick for you guys. So, Ariane, take us take us through this. Okay, so Razorback starts off very doesn't pull its punches at any mm-hmm. at any point in the movie, but it starts off the first punch is a is a quick jab. You see an older man taking care of a little baby, and you hear a thunder and rumbling. You think there's a storm outside, but guess what? It's not. It's a giant Razorback pig, and it's crashing through the Australian outback into this outhouse. It crashes through and t- and takes the baby away. And I don't know what version you saw, but my version cut through. A guy walks back into his house, and then he w- and then it cuts to her- him outside, and the house is on fire. Did I miss something? Yeah, no, no, no. This movie's got um. That's the th- again talking about the stylistic choice of this movie. Um, um, McCulley, he's got like a very. This movie has a slightly kind of avant-garde kind of like design to it very 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 yeah um if um it it's got a lot of weird symbolism there's a ton of back like like uh backlit shots a lot of smoke like everything like you would think of an 80s horror movie is in this and he got the um the director of photography from uh, road warrior to to shoot this and this it's movie's trippy so it's part of it is it's also edited very there are points in this movie where the editing is very jarring and i think it's just a matter of budget restraints and there might have been like something to kind of because i know what you're talking about because the pig attacks plows through this house and then the guy gets like it just and cuts back to he getting up walking through the the wreckage of the house calling after after his grandson and then as he falls you get the 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 credits with the um, the name playing over the action of the movie and uh, it's something they don't do anymore but I kind of love it's something that used to be done mostly for trailers like you just see the name as like bits of the movie just go by like in the graphics yeah it's fantastic um so yeah then- the it's very it's very jaunting and, and it's very weird so so after the credits play we get sent to a court scene where mm-hmm. this man is on trial for the death of his uh, grandson. And everybody, everybody who comes on the street, on the, on the witness stand is, is pretty much trashing him. Like there's no way a giant warthog pig took this, like the, the, the size of this animal to carry a baby away would have been the size of a tank or a rhino. I, I, I uh, by the way, you really get to the Australian in this, in this whole scene. Cause you just got all these Aussies like, they're throwing slang around too. 
like the guy, the way this is the game, it, it was a Razorback. I tell you, like I, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, and I got to. <laughs> I'm pretty no, sure my friend Helmy's listening. This is like that is the worst. But but this is you know what this is directly referencing, right? Because what uh, this, yeah, the, the inspiration the, for this is the Dean Great yeah. Majority, right? Yeah. Yes, the I believe it's the it's uh, the oh, there's a name for it, Azaria uh, Chamberlain ordeal, which actually got a movie in its own right with Sam Neill in it. Wasn't it debunked in real life? Wasn't no, it, no, like, they they yeah, no, it was legit. They ended up oh, wow. finding it was I think it was like two years later, a year later. It was like some time had passed after the trial, and everyone went you know bull like you killed her. We're like, what did you do? And then like a group of hikers found. The uh, the girl's uh, jumper, like her, her shirt, like in a dingo den, wow. and I think they found remains. So yeah, they and they ended up clearing like the parents, but yeah, it was definitely one of those things. So immediately, I'm like, yeah, this is this is where they're, this is what good exploitation does. You draw upon real things, and then you exploit it. That's the beauty of it. So they end up acquitting the guy. Uh, they let him go for lack of evidence, even though half the half the people, even the the baby's own mother, throws the grandpa under the bus. But mm-hmm. now it cuts to New York, where we see this couple. Uh, this guy looks familiar. He was. He is a giant. Um, this is. Um, is he on a show from the eighties? Yeah, this is uh, Gregory Harrison. So, for way older people. He was like the second lead on Trapper John MD, the non-mash sure. mash spinoff. Sure. He was also on Falcon Crest. He's been in a million like his IMDB is like one of those giant scrolls. Like you can see he's been in a million things, including more of Russell's movies. So but he's a big TV actor from the from the 80s. He was actually the lead in a very crappy television remake of Logan's Run. They did a short-lived TV series of Logan, and he was Logan. He was the Michael York part. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he's the guy in this couple, and he, and there's this girl. I don't. What are their names in the movie? Their names Winters. are Beth Winters and Alex Winters. No. It is Beth Winters, and yeah, and and um, it's Beth and um, hold on, uh, uh, Jake. Jake. Okay. Wait. Oh, well, Carl. Beth no, no, it's Carl. 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 Carl and Beth. Carl and Beth. Thank you. Uh, Carl. So Carl is Carl's great. Yeah, and his wife Beth. And Beth is a reporter for a magazine or a show, a T, uh, NPR maybe. I don't know, but she is an animal rights activist, and she mm-hmm. gets sent to Australia. And there's a little bit of a discussion because it, while she's away, they're going to be celebrating their anniversary. But uh, he encourages Beth to take the trip anyway. Because it can be good for her. And, you know, they got phones in Australia, right? They'll be fine. Mm. So off she goes to Australia. And she teams up with this guy. He looks like a bit, he looks like a mix between Robert Zadar and uh, Bruce Campbell. I, mm. he's, he's in it for like 10 minutes, but he's the cameraman. Yeah, he's the cameraman, yeah. And uh, they go around the most rural parts of Australia. Uh, I guess I don't want to offend our Australian listeners, but they must be like hillbilly types, just trashy. Yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't paint like I know this is an Australian movie, but it still doesn't even paint. It, it paints its own outback people as as 
man, they are as, as Appalachian Hicks as you can get in comparison. There you go. Yeah, like these are dirty, dusty, you know, <laughs> dink bats. I'll just put it that way. So they've been baking in the sun for too long, that, and they're hunting yeah. kangaroo. Any everybody in this movie looks like they've been in the sun for like without any sunscreen protection for hours. Yeah, everyone looks. Yeah, I'm sorry. Everyone in this movie looks like they reek. Like they just stink. Yeah, because they haven't yeah. showered in weeks. So they're hunting kangaroos, or they're hunting. They're learning about kangaroo hunters. Mm-hmm. Kangaroo hunters, not ca- kangaroo hunters. Yeah, uh, kangaroo kangaroos, wallaroos, and wallaloos. That's what they. That's what they're. Yeah. And nobody in the town wants to talk to them because that's their business. That's you know mm-hmm. that's how the people make their money by hunting kangaroos. Mm-hmm. And they they run into this old the same uh, grandpa from the beginning of the movie, and they interview him like, hey, how do you feel about you know kangaroos being in danger and he goes like dude i don't care like i'm hunting you're hunting boars like that's what i do i make my money uh, killing boars and it makes me happy and then he drives off mm-hmm. i kill razorbacks <laughs> yes it's like that's i don't hunt roos i hunt razorbacks yeah and uh then beth gets the, the wonderful idea of going down to the uh kangaroo meat processing plant mm-hmm I, it looks like the uh, the scene in Predator Two when they're <laughs> oh when Gary Busey is track and his guys are tracking the predator in the meat processing plant. Yeah, exactly. That's what it looks like. But instead yeah. of yeah, no, it's kangaroos or dead kangaroos. Yeah, I hope, you know what is what it is. Um, he which, oh, which again, um, I get what this movie's going for, but even at this point, there has been I don't think any point in history. That like kangaroos ever truly became endangered. I get this. It's almost it almost feels like at times they're kind of making fun of like American animal activism because there's ones out there like it'd be like, do you realize that you know we're you know we're pushing chickens to to an endangered species? Like everything I know about kangaroos is that they are everywhere and doesn't matter how fast you kill them, like they keep roaring back. There might have been a point like during like colonial Australia where that might've been an issue, but not in the 1980s. Have you heard about the, uh, the emu war, the Australian emu war? Mm-mm. When Australia had a, had a war against emus. You should look it up. It's, it's I'll funny. look it up. I'll look it, after we're done here, I'll look it up. Yeah. It's funny. Um, no. So she, she gets caught at the, uh, she gets spotted at the uh, meat processing plant. And mm-hmm. gets off. Am I missing by two, of the, by two of the best characters, you got Dicko you got the. And... They're Benny and Dicko. Thank you. That is literally their names. Like these two, these two alone would be villains in a horror movie on their own. Like these are just, they do feel like they came out of the Road Warrior at times. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they look like you ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean, the first mm-hmm. one. Remember yeah. those two uh, those two pirates are look uh, chasing after Kira Knightley. Yeah, the R two D two and three. I forgot their names, but yeah, I know which yeah, one you're talking about. This is trashy R two D two and C three PO. This is yes. <laughs> okay, and this is about fifteen minutes into the movie. Still, we're still like twenty minutes. Yeah, in. we're still, and like the movie. Yeah, it's yeah. like twenty minutes in. This movie's moving at a breakneck pace. So then Beth drives off in her car. She's by herself, by the way. Uh, she left the mm-hmm. cameraman at the hotel. 
and then she gets a uh, she, she sees a spotlight in the back of her, you know, while driving, and it's this truck, this truck, this this ancient looking Jeepers Creepers Jeepers Creepers looking truck chasing after her, runs her off the road. Sure enough, it's uh, Dicko and and what's his name? And his brother Benny, Benny and ben. Dicko. Yeah. And this is the part where the movie goes, oh, that's mm-hmm. another gut punch. There's an yeah. attempted rape scene. Yes. And it is what but it is. It's ironic because it is broken up, you know, by another monster. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, Dicko, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, mm-hmm. attempts to rape uh, Beth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is interrupted by another monster, our friend Razorback. Uh, Dicko and Benny drive off. And uh, then the Razorback chases after Beth. And Beth goes into her car and locks up. And then the animatronics of this thing, this thing is huge. I don't, can you yes. tell what kind of car she had? It was like not a Pinto. She's it driving like, like a, a little, like, it looks like, you know, an Isuzu hatchback from like, you know, whatever. Like it's some sort of like tiny little hatchback car, like maybe like an old Honda hatchback or something. But it's... the boar, which by the way, you know, it, it it's 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 the Jaws method of like, okay, this thing, this monster we have is limited, so we have to be creative with how we show it. So you get a lot of like Sam Raimi Evil Dead esque yeah. POV shots, like well before like Evil Dead Two. And this movie predates Evil Dead Two by like three years, I think. And when you do see the boar, it's up close. It's mostly, you know, the the head and, you know, maybe part of the back. And it's shot very quick, very fast. You know, you get enough of it. But also, again, when we talked about that weird, the weird cutting, there are shots that don't that purposely feel like they're out of order just to kind of screw with your 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 visual system. You're like, wait, what the hell? Like. But it just yeah. adds this weird sense of uncomfortableness. So when she gets attacked by the when Beth gets attacked by the boar, like there's a point where like it looks like she's getting out, and the next shot is inside the car, and she's like the boar's tusk is like through her leg, but then it cuts back and she's like climbing out of the window and then getting dragged. You're like, none of that made sense, but man, that was terrifying. So then this movie pulls it it pulls a fast one on you, thinking Beth is going to be the main character. Yeah, right. Yeah, and they pull a psycho and they roll in like, no, Beth is not the main character. She's dead. She's mm-hmm. killed by the boar, eaten by the boar. I don't. I don't yes. Does it, is she eaten by the boar or just yes, killed? Yes, she does because no, no. Yeah, oh, right, eats right, her. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's dead. It's what boars do. Look, here's the thing. Here's the root point of the reason I love this movie. I go down weird, cryptic, cryptic rabbit holes sometimes, and if you ever go into Anything about pigs? Pigs are terrifying animals. Uh, domesticated pigs are terrifying animals. You might think they're cute and everything, but they're smart. They're I think they're as smart as crows. Like they are genuinely like one of the smartest like animals that we have, and they will eat anything. There's a reason why um, the the book and the movie Hannibal pigs were the um, the mode of revenge that Gary Oldman's character wanted on Hannibal Lecter. He was going to feed him to pigs because pigs also snatch, snatch around the same time too. Yes. It's like, yeah. if you, if you 
Fee, if you give a, a pen of pigs, a full-grown man, you just got to remember, shave its head, pull you know, pull out the, the teeth, because they will eat everything, bones and all. They are terrifying animals. And wild pigs are even worse, because they got the tusk, they're far more aggressive, and they, in real life, there's, out here in the United States, we do have a real-life pig problem. Uh, I've gone down rabbit holes of watching wild boars, which, when this movie was made, yeah, people were like, nah, pigs can't get that big. Now you got like these weird, we had people import these Siberian boars to America for hunting, and then they got loose and started breeding with the population, kind of like an arachnophobia thing. And now we got these giant ass boars running around everywhere. And this, I, some of the, some of the ones I've seen people shoot are insanely huge, like six, 700 pounds. So this thing is not far off from real life. So it does add a, if you know, especially if you know anything about the, the boar problem we have out here, it does add like a, just a little bit of, um, of, uh, credence to this premise of this movie. I mean, yeah, I've seen some of those boars on, you know, not in real life, but in pictures and some of them look Photoshopped, but then at the same time, like this could be a cryptid. Some of them, some of them are horrifying to look at. This boar is horrifying to look at. It looks like yeah, it's the tusks and his mouth. It looks... They're 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 angry, aggressive bastards. What do you and... say? What do the hunters say? It's uh, godless animals or god? Yeah, they, yeah, they have no like god... system, which is yeah, I don't know about that. They they can't and they really don't because they don't discriminate. Oh, they like don't? if you go, no, if you go out boar, if you ever go boar hunting with anybody, um, especially when they're calling. So you're not hunting for the meat. You're just calling because there's just so many because they breed like rabbits. Like they have like, I think like four litters a year and each litter is like 12, you know, piglets. Oh. Um, yeah. So they destroy everything. They've, um, there's been reports of them actually attacking, yeah, I believe killing someone like down in Mississippi, but they, they will break down walls. They will break down doors. They're strong as hell. I just watched a video of a boar running up the side of a um of a main road and breaks down a pair of metal gates like it just burst right through it and this thing is this sucker's huge burst right through and then just moves on it does like it like it was nothing like these are like heavy ass gates so when these hunters go out and there's no there's no light like even it's even a line in here you don't need a you don't need a license to hunt boy out here you know that's the same thing out here in america these guys just go up in a helicopter and just gun them down with whatever they have. And the once you leave, like, the dead carcasses, the other boars that you don't get will come and clean it up. They will eat their dead brethren, bones and all. So that is how, like, yes, insanely Brutal. godlessly heathenistic these creatures are. They don't, they don't care. So it really mm -hmm. is ripe for a horror movie, which... This started like uh, like a subgenre of killer pig movies, much like Jaws created a subgenre of killer shark movies. Where are we? Right, Beth just died. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Carl shows up in the next scene. So yeah, I think we time jump like a couple of weeks. The movie's okay. not exactly clear about that, but it's it's insinuated that it's been like a few weeks. Carl comes to the same town, same hotel, bar, whatever the town is. And so, as 
around much like Beth. Mm-hmm. Um, the hunter, correct? Yes. So Jake. Jake's the hunter. Uh, or are you talking about when he meets Jake, up with um, with with Benny and Dicko? Uh, Jake sends him to Benny and Dicko. Yes. Right. There you go. And and the, so he joined. Yeah. Kidnap him. Kind of, yeah. Right? It's it's very weird. Kind of, like it's like of... a weird drunken. Like he kind of goes on his own volition because I think he suspects something out of these guys, but at the same time, like this guy's clearly in over his head. Like he's lying about where he's from. Like he's telling everyone he's Canadian. He's not American. Because yeah. I think he suspects these guys of doing something, and so they go on the rue hunt, and he ends up butchering a potential catch, which then they're like. What the hell did you do that for? And then they leave him kind of just to sit out there in the middle of the desert. Like, it's, it's, and it's a weird scene. Like, yeah, I'm, when I'm watching this, I'm like, I, I remember how, like, odd this is because this guy just kind of does this out of, like, the, out of nowhere. Like, it doesn't, like, I get he was trying to, like, maybe point out, like, he, you know, people tell him, like, well, there's this hog, but I'm like, he's also suspecting these two, you know, a holes of doing something. So he gets out and just murders a kangaroo with a butcher knife and then just takes a nap on it like he's uh, Luke inside of that tauntaun. Well, yeah, kind of. But they never come back for him. They just kind of leave him out on the yeah. on his own. And then he wakes up. And, yeah. And then. Exactly. And he's out there all night. He hears uh, the boars like approach. You hear the main boar. And we do get like a quick shot of it uh you know as it's it's kind of like that princess mononoke scene when the boars are coming in to the forest and there's the mm-hmm. big ones that all the little ones follow like you get it like that backlit shot again so much bad this whole sequence everything's backlit i'm like where's this light coming from like it looks beautiful but when you start questioning yeah if it is, it, is it's, every shot. it's weird mm-hmm. um so then he goes on this weird peyote uh, hallucinating walk, or it looks like that one uh, Simpsons episode when. Oh, when Homer does the, yeah, when yeah. Homer does the uh, the insanity pepper. Yeah. The Quetzal <laughs> Tenga Kahanga. I'm blanking on it, but yeah, uh, it's supposed you know, he first off he escapes, runs into this you know property, it has a windmill on like this dirty, you know little pond and uh camps out on top of this broken down windmill so the boars can't get him then the boars in the morning knock over the windmill which he survives because he falls into the clearly you know disease-ridden pond that these you know that all the local animals are drinking out of that is just filled with rust and then tries to make his way back to society and he starts wandering the desert in this insanely trippy sequence like at one point like he hallucinates a horse skeleton coming out of the ground, and like it's not even like it's a proper it's like there's still flesh on it. Like it's it's wild. They're like out on these salt flats. Things are moving around. He sees Benny and Dicko, and Dicko's got like this giant penisy nose. Like it's like it's this. It's a whole like three minute sequence in the middle, and it's supposed to represent him uh, hallucinating from dehydration. But man, this this 
it's a gorgeous bit of scenery because the color palette, everything gets moved around. You hear pigs in the background. Um, it's it's mm, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it turns into uh, it, God. It, it looks like a Jodorowsky movie for a second. It looks like Santa very Sunday. much so. Or, uh, very much so. What's the other one? Topo. But, mm. uh, uh, anyway, yeah, El Topo. He he ends up at uh, at a at a looks like a cottage out in the desert, mm-hmm. and and just wanders in like a caveman. You know, he watches this girl shower outside because that's what they do in the outback, I guess. Mm-hmm. You, you get our, you know, you get your obligatory nude scene. Yeah. Uh, immediately she freaks out and doesn't really do anything. Just kind of freaks out and is like, oh, you're here. And the whole concept of this dude just out in the middle of the desert watching you showers. Well, they're, that's us. They're us. the Aussies are built different than us. I guess Ariane. so. They're just built different than us. They, uh, they're, they're, uh, um, as my brother puts it, they're sturdy people. Sure. <laughs> they're, they're uh, tougher. <laughs> so, so she invites him in and cleans him. Well, he passes out. What's that? Well, oh, he once he runs. Yeah, he passes out. So she drags his, his sorry ass into the house and, and, uh, bandages him up. So, yeah, we find out that this is a friend of Jake's, and her name is Sarah. Thank you. Yes. So about an hour in the movie, we're about halfway through the movie at this point, and we get introduced to a brand new character, which, again, this movie plays fast and loose with a lot of things. She is the girl from Mad Max 2, correct? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I believe so, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then it turns into American World in London for a second. He wakes up. And and looks over at this woman, uh, Sarah, mm-hmm. uh, and then she turns around and, and and she has like this pig face, this this horrible mutant pig face, and goes ah. He freaks out and then he wakes up again and he's all bandaged up and she's cleaning him off with her with a sponge, mm-hmm. and uh, he tells her why he's there and and what he's looking for and and he mentions a, a giant boar. And that takes something off in Sarah's mind. So immediately calls Jake, the hunter from the beginning of the movie and, and throughout the movie. Man, throughout the, the movie. yeah. Yeah, the man, um, we've learned that Jake, that his arc now has turned into a very Ahab-ish. Like yes. He's after this, right? Yes. The Razorback now haunts, you know, that's what he lives for. So it's killing this animal that took his grandson. So then Jake comes down and listens to this man's story. Uh, turns out that Jake was the last person to see uh, his wife alive, and that's why mm-hmm. he wanted to talk to him a little bit more. Uh, then I don't remember what what happens here. They go out. He goes out looking for the pig. No, because he, he Jake uh, uh, or Carl Carl, re, you know, recalls his story, saying he saw the pig, which Jake freaks out. He's like, "You saw, you saw the, you saw the beast." And so he goes on retraces his steps, which um, is back down to the um, whatever that that piece of property was. It was like a cannery or something like that, and ends up seeing the pig in the distance. Like the pig is still there. And he a, yeah, and he shoots um, a tracking device into it. We've learned that Sarah actually is um, 
she's a biologist of sorts and she's work, she's studying the local boar population and she's putting trackers on some of the boars and this plays a bit later on which why people don't believe the story either because um, they show her putting one of the tags on one of the piglet's ears as she's explaining what she does to to, to Carl so as Jake shoots the boar the boar you know lets out the scream and takes off he's like I got ya and then decides to like look around it's like oh there's literally pig crap sitting here and he rummages through it and finds something and we just smash cut next to poor Carl holding his wife's wedding ring that the pig crapped out which again really kind of really hammering home how greasy this movie is yep so now Carl knows that the pig took her but he still suspects that uh, Benny and Dicko had something to do with it, though. Like he's still like, no, 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 no. These guys had something else, had something to do with it. I'm going to prove it. What happens next? He, so, he hasn't confronted him yet. Yeah. So basically, um, Benny and Dicko get wind from, I believe it's from, from Jake that. Uh, Carl is kind of on to them. And in order to prevent this, they kidnap uh, Jake in the middle of the night on his property. And then they beat him like they break his leg and tie him up outside That's of this. Sh- yeah. The, outside yes. of the shack, leaving him for the pigs and preferably the big pig. Cause now even they are kind of aware of the thing. So yeah, poor, poor, uh, poor Jake. Kind of has his, uh, he's got his, um, what am I blanking on his name from Jaws? Um, Quint. Uh, yeah, his Quint moment where he manages to free himself from his binds, but his leg is broken. He can't get anywhere. He goes into this crappy shed where, you know, there's at least like some fresh water pouring in. And the Razorback breaks the whole thing down. And pretty much we don't see him die on screen. We just hear him just get dragged off. Uh, which then we smash cut to um, Carl kind of like looking in. By the way, here's here here's here's one issue with this whole movie. This pig is gigantic. It's like they say it's like the size of a bear. So it's pretty big. It's maybe they they've argued weighs like you know twelve hundred pounds at times. But no one believes the story of a pig that big, even though. It has left a path of destruction behind it. The opening of the movie, when the pig goes through there, people are like, well, how could anything? It's like, did you not see the gigantic hole that is in this poor man's house? There was another point where the pig, you know, gets um, caught in a trap by some local dude. Because, again, this feels like it was like, it just for no reason, there's this dude living out, out in the outback watching his TV. And he manages to catch, unknowingly catch the pig. And he's got this harness strapped to the trap on the side of his house. The pig wakes up from the trap and then pulls half his house out while he's watching TV. And the guy, the guy lives, but now he's got this giant hole. But still, no one's like, yeah, no one believes there was a pig that big, even though there's something out there just literally tearing up uh, the property around the, you know, in the area. So, so Jake is dead. Main character. Uh, Jake's dead. Yeah. 
Beth dad. Yep. We're running out of characters. We're like, oh. y- yes, we are. Um, and at that time, uh, Sarah's tracker goes off. Mm-hmm. And so she rounds up the townsfolk uh, to go hunt down this pig because now that Jake's dead, now they believe there's something going on. Yeah. And uh, everybody gets in a car, a guy gets into a camel. Mm-hmm. It's it's a chase. It's it's you know gr- gr- gather the posse around and we'll, we'll go hunting. Yeah. And uh, they they track they they find that where the tracker's going and it leads them to the piglet that was yes. uh, you know. So everybody like, we, we saw we saw her tagging earlier when she was talking to Carl. Like, so this is this is you know this is crap. This is we're going home. We're going back to the bar. This is. Yes, let's like we screw this. Let's go get drunk. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, wait, no, it's I screwed up. It's the wrong tracker." Meanwhile, though, Carl is doing a little sleuthing of his own. Yeah, and he runs into I believe it's Dicko, right? I uh, Benny Benny first. Benny, yeah, runs into Benny first, and like this it, again. This movie kind of diverts away from the killer pig from it into like a full revenge like yes. greasy revenge movie because Carl now goes, he's starting to go full, you know, uh, Denzel Washington in uh man on fire on these guys. Oh yeah. So he catch, he captures Benny and beats the crap out of him and then ties him up to this harness and drops him down. A, what looks like a mining shaft. And he's kind of like holding there. Look, it's like Batman interrogating, like you know, like a goon. That's what I thought of. Yeah. Yeah, and the guy's like clearly lying, and he's just like, "Come on, to like tell me the truth. Like, what did you get?" And then he kind of admits, he's like, "Look, we, uh, my brother might have tried to rape your wife after she caught us, you know, illegally slaughtering kangaroos, possibly. So it was wasn't me. Yeah, was it was him. Wasn't me. I was just <laughs> Tells his brother out, to which Carl's like, "Okay, yeah." It, it, it's it, again, it's it's like that scene in Man on Fire when he's interrogating the um, the corrupt cop, and the guy's like, "Do you know where I am?" He's like, "Oh, okay." okay. And, and then just starts, he like he cuts off his fingers, starts burning. He's, and Carl's like, "Yeah, no, I believe you." But he's like, "All right, well, you have fun," and then like pulls this crank, and the Benny drops down to this well. And we pull back. They're in the middle of like this weird badlands that have all these. It looks like it's a gigantic mining facility with all these air shafts. So you know this dude's dead. Like he either died hitting the bottom of this well, or no one's ever going to find him. He's just going to die of starvation or thirst. So cold blooded. Carl is out for vengeance now. That leads him to the illegal meatpacking. Uh, business where mm-hmm. he runs into Dicko. Yes. And uh Dicko is, you know, he's like, hey, I I don't know what you're talking about, kind of denies it mm-hmm. until he pulls a knife on him, right? Or yeah. pulls a gun on him. Um now th- at this point, like I was it there's there's a point where the Razorback shows up at the same time and then he uh, no, he chases him because he pull now he has Benny's gun. Uh, yeah. Carl has Benny's gun and tries to kill uh, Dicko at this point. Yeah. Dicko gets Who's away. clearly batshit insane. Like this. And by the way, I love this actor does. 
there's like three shots like back to back to each other where he's running. And when he stops, he does this slide thing. Did you notice that? Yes, it's stylish. It's yeah, stylish. it's very it's very I'm like, why what what's with the sliding on all of a sudden? Like it's just out of nowhere. It's like it felt like at first you're like, oh okay, that's it. But then every time he's running, he stops and he does this little slide. I'm like it just felt like something that they were bored with on the set one day and they just decided to do it. So but weirdly it adds like a little bit of like tension to the whole scene. I kinda like it. Uh yeah, it's it's a little risky business, literally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the boar, he hears the boar in the fog. The boar kind of gets in the way and, and messes stuff up. I don't remember how... I Okay, at, at this, I don't remember what happens in between now and when uh, the boar is chasing uh, Carl through the... So, so Dicko... Uh runs um he's being chased by carl in the truck and then carl um as he's chasing him overturns the truck in his haste so dicko is running through what looks like the property of the cannery which falls he goes down this kind of like ravine and you can hear the boar coming after him and then you get like a quick shot like the boar running at him and he just keeps running trying to climb like sides of walls and stuff and inevitably, the boar catches up to him and mauls him to death. Like, you see him, like, yes. getting mauled. And then it the boar bearing down on his leg and starts chewing his leg and then drags him off. So that pretty much takes out Dicko out of the movie. So now Carl gets out of the truck. And he's uh, walking around because he now hears the pig. So it's now him and the pig, like, going mano a mano. And this is when... Sarah shows up because the tracker on the big boar goes off. She tries to get the town to rally back, and they're like, "Feh, like, look, fool us once." Right. So she shows up to the property, knowing that Carl is somewhere around in the vicinity, and they end up meeting up, but they get separated because the boar attacks both of them. Because the boar knows it, there's no friend or foe to the boar; it's only food. So, so, yeah. So they run into the. They both run in. They both run into the uh, the canning facility. They this and this animal is not subtle. It crashes through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, all they can really do is run and hide or get higher until the boar gets to it. Mm-hmm. Until the uh, boar corners Sarah and drags her away, and you're like, no, no way. They just kill her. You off. hear you you hear her scream. Off yeah. like Carl's looking for her. You hear her scream, and it's it sounds like one of those, you know, failing. You know, I'm dying like the ah, ah like yes. You know, like well, she's dead. So Carl goes looking for her, but then yes, the boar corners him. He runs up into a, a catwalk, and the boar again, being smart, sees like this. Uh, he goes after one of the like the retaining posts and knocks the cat the catwalk down. So you, essentially, you're getting your your Jaws moment, too, of, like, Quint trying to, like, prevent himself from falling into the shark's mouth, but it's Carl with the giant boar. So then there's a, uh, what are they called? What, what's that uh, rolling thing that they're on? A conveyor belt? Thank you. I'm sorry. It's late. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a conveyor belt and a, and, and a, um, a fan. Kind of a like, plate, like, a, like a chopping fan. Yeah, That's, it's... It, it, 
it's essentially a giant uh, blender, pretty much. That yeah. Dicko at one point, we kind of skipped over it in their tussling with Carl. He tried to shove him in there, but uh, got away. So this is not coming back in. And it's just this open pit. Like, there's no OSHA regulations whatsoever in this canning facility. Like, there's, like, when they're running around, as you said, it's like out of Predator 2. There's just skinned roofs, like, hanging around everywhere. There's just flies. It's dirty. It's filthy. Rats. Like, yeah, there's rats everywhere. Like, there's all these random shots of rats happening. And the boar is just tearing through there, trying to, to murder Carl the entire time. Carl gets on top of the conveyor belt mm -hmm. as the boar is chasing after him. Uh, at the last minute before, maybe a, one or two steps before it gets to the giant blender, he steps yeah. off, and the boar doesn't have time to stop and, and or put on his brakes and just goes down the, the into uh, the yeah into, yeah into the blender. Which okay, so again, as we talk about, there's a weird editing in this movie. This whole sequence is very odd because at times it looks like when Carl's standing on top of the conveyor belt, it's moving, but he's not walking with it because there's no there's nothing blocking him from just standing there and then going over into the into the blending mechanism. So it's like, is it on? Because he's just kind of standing there yelling at the boar, and the boar's just kind of like they cut back and forth like the boars all of a sudden become stupid. And it's not following him. Like he's trying to to coax the board to get up onto the onto the conveyor belt. And he like he's yelling. He's he's just trying to rationalize with the board until he turns around, and kind of like does like this little ass slap at him, and the board then starts running after him. But because you're dealing with a gigantic mechanical board shot in 1983, you're very limited with what you can show. So there's some weird close-ups. And then we see Carl jump onto this carcass of a of a you know of a roux, which it's the dry jumps on this roux, and then there's just a weird cut of the pig going like you kind of see like the head tilt over, and then there's this wide shot at the end of the conveyor belt, and you see what is like a prop of the pig just getting ratcheted up, like like blood and sinew and everything is flying everywhere. And you hear the pig squealing, and Carl is just like, well, I did, I, yeah, cool, I survived that. And to hell with you, pig, because you murdered my wife. So, hops off, and he's, you know, they, it's the, oh, thank God. And at some point, you're thinking, well, shit, is the mutilated pig going to get out and get him? But no, we end on a, a semi-happier ending, because who does he find? Find Sarah, upside down, passed out, unconscious. Yes. Like, how did you get up there? But we're not questioning it. And at first, he's like, well, crap, she's dead. And then she wakes up, and they have a moment, and you're questioning, like, wait, you guys just met, and Carl, you're out here because your wife's dead. You're not going to make out with this girl all of a sudden. And thankfully, they don't do it, but there's that weird tension moment of, like, are we going down this path? But no, it's just a nice hug. Credits. There like was, that is how yeah. this movie ends. It's look. There's this movie is is good. You know, this is a, a murder mystery. Yeah. And then there's mm -hmm. a giant pig to it. And then that's how you get rid of it. Yeah. It just makes yeah. it a good movie, a way more entertaining movie. 
And mm. it's it is what it is, man. It's a giant killer pig on the loose movie. You know what it kind of follows? It kind of follows the Rodan formula. Murder mystery that turns into like a big monster movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is you've you've never really watched this before, right? This is my first time sitting down and watching it the entire without any stops or just well two stops, but just full yeah. attention. Yes, I was so expecting overall, look, a trippy I, I, psychedelic film about a big killer pig. This is a perfect movie for Common Kaisers because it's a little, oh, yeah. little, little slimy, right? Yep. It's got that that, that scary element, that art house element, and then it just got like cool like a cool backstory where like who directed this and who these who these people are and the cinematography is it, is perfect for this kind of show. So, so, so also not you know not only is it directed by the man that gave us Highlander one of the greatest movies of all time, and Highlander 2 The Quickening, one of the worst movies of all time. It was written by Everett DeRoche, who was responsible, like his screenplays are responsible for like the start of like the Ozploitation movement. Um, he wrote the screenplay for Patrick, which I don't know if you've heard of that movie. It's a very no. weird horror film. The Long Weekend, which is an even trippier like eco-horror film. And uh, Snapshot, a great movie with Stacey Keach. And I think it's, uh, it is Stacey Keach and, oh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. Um, Slapshot? Snapshot. Oh, Road Games. Road Games. Road Games. Jamie Lee Curtis and Stacey Keach. About about this truck driver out in the Outback being hunted. It's kind of like Duel. So the man is responsible for many. There's a great Ozploitation. I believe it's called Ozploitation. Um, the documentary? It, the documentary, which they do cover yeah. this movie a little bit in it. Um, but yes, like Australia in like the late 70s, early 80s, man, they were, besides your your obvious, you know, Mad Max movies, like they were turning out some great, grimy, like slutty films, if you will. Like these are these are these are skeevy movies, and they have they make no bones about what they are, but they are well done. And Razorback is amongst one of them. I I love this movie. I haven't watched it in about ten years, but I forgot how good it was. Like this is a yes. solid killer animal movie. I love this subgenre because you know it's easy to make because there's some all you just need to do pick an animal, and then all it does is terrorize people. And how clever can you be with it? Sometimes you get Jaws, sometimes you get Orca, sometimes you get Prophecy, and you get a big mutant bear smashing s- some poor, you know, camper into a, into a cartoonishly pile of, of like feathers. Prophecy. Or you, yeah, or you'll get something artistic like this. This is this is a movie that stands on its own. I love it. It's it has a lot of substance for what is very much like a just like a basic. Animal in the Attack movie, like they they give you a lot in the ninety minutes of this movie runs, like, and at no point are you ever bored. You're just like, man, this is this movie's wild. There's so much going on here. So yeah, so a fantastic yeah. Animal Attack movie, with just a little bit of like a smidge of supernatural element to it. Like we're, it's not you know 
Dust Devil, but it's also Dust Devil. You know, n- yeah, which is another great movie. <laughs> Who's that director? Uh, the one who did who oh, didn't do uh, Richard that, uh, Oh, Rich. Yeah, uh, Rich. <sighs> it's gonna bother you. It is because I met the guy too. He did. Um, he just did what we call color out of color out of space. I want to say Richard, uh, Richard Linklater, but that's not. That's the one else. No, it's uh, Richard Stanley. Richard Stanley, another Australian filmmaker. So yes, so there's there's um, we gotta get some, just deeper in some Aussie movies because there's some great ones out there. But this though, as as uh, as it comes of like their Monster on the Tack movies, this is one of the best. So this is great. Thumbs up from us. Yeah. This is, Absolutely. Go rent it on Amazon. So you're gonna see a few more of these movies from. Uh, I think I got Arian like I think uh, down the line this year. I think you want to do the Sunny Chiba Bear Attack movie, right? Yes, the Red Snow. Yes. yes. We're going to do that. We're going to do that later on. So, But on the interim, we're going to wrap this up because Arian's got a hard out, and we need to get him out of here. So, hey. um, Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We hope you love the channel. We hope you enjoy all the wonderful YouTube content we've been putting out, which Chris has been doing an excellent job with. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, thanks for thanks for uh, joining the ride, and uh, we'll see you very soon. Do we know what we're Do we know what we're watching next? It was a toss up. Uh, oh, sorry, full disclosure, we we were gonna do Starship Troopers three, but I warned him halfway, like two two three days later, I reached out to Chris and I was like, brother. <laughs> It's not an easy set. It's not the best of the best. I'm like, look, you want us to talk about regular the first Starship Troopers? I can I can go on for hours, but the other two movies are not great. They're not good. What's they're not really that good. So, uh, oh no, I you know we're going to be watching Guyver two very soon. So next, yes, publicly, we're going to see it in a on the big screen in a few weeks. Southern California, stop by the Frida Theater. And watch Guyver 2 with us and with uh, Stephen Wang. I think is going to be there. I don't know if Steve Wang is going to be there. David Hader is going to be there, David though. David Hader going to be there. He'll be there. Yeah. Um, Sal Snake's going to be there. And then uh, look forward to our Guyver 2 discussion. So, yeah. So, Guyver 2, that's that's beginning of February. We might get one more episode out there. So, we'll leave that up because yes. this month's kind of crazy with, with things going on. So, uh, we'll be back at the end of the month with something fun. So on that note, uh, let's wrap this up. If you like what you hear, you can find us on X or Twitter at the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. Also on Instagram uh, as well at the Kaiju Kingdom and Facebook.com slash the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. And hopefully you are watching this YouTube video as well as listening it. But if you don't want to watch the video, we're on every streaming service that you can possibly imagine under the Kaiju Kingdom podcast. If you're watching so that will YouTube, do it for how many, fingers, how many fingers am I holding up on YouTube? Count. How about now? No, if you're listening at home. There's eight. Yeah, eight. Oh don't give it Number away. Eight. <laughs> Number eight. Um so anyway, 
That will do it for this edition. The first episode of Common Kaisers of 2024. For myself and... Adiani Nogosa. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye.